not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Because it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Father, as I share today, I thank you for the hearts of men being open to the Spirit of God. And that, Father, what they hear will take their lives from one level to another level. And I declare prosperity and blessings and increase on your people as they hear the word of faith. In Jesus' name, can everybody say? Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series entitled, I Am Ready to Prosper. Just look at the person next to you and say, I am ready to prosper. I believe God wants the best for us, and it is up to us to get in position, stay in position, to make our own way prosperous. Can you say amen to that? And so today we're going to look at a major principle that will help us prosper that most people overlook. So if you're taking notes, I want you to take out your pens and your paper or your iPhones and your your, uh, Androids. And the topic today is planted to prosper. Everybody say planted to prosper. Amen. And the goal of today's lesson is to explain the importance and the benefits of being planted in a local church. Now, if you have your Bibles, find Psalm 92. We're going to look in verse 12. Psalm 92, verse 12. And then we're going to look in Acts chapter 2, verses 44. That was Psalm 92, verse 12. And then we're looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 44. I only have two points for you this morning. But in between those two points are are some very powerful principles and some steps because one of the things that I'm going to help each one of us do this morning is to identify whether we're planted or not. Can you say amen to that? Now in Acts, I mean in Psalm 92, here's the first point that I want you to write down. Prosperity comes when you're planted. Prosperity comes when you're planted. In other words, prosperity comes When we are planted in a local church. Now, I want you to see the mirror of being planted in the church just like a seed being being planted in the ground. When a farmer plants a seed in the ground, it's his expectation to make sure that that seed produces fruit. Now, one of the responsibilities of this farmer is to put some seed in the ground. Amen? Amen. Now, you and I's life are considered seed. Now, I'll show you here in just here in Psalm 92. Look in verse 12. It says, The righteous shall flourish. Everybody say flourish. flourish. Shall flourish like the palm tree. He will grow up like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord. Read it with me. 
shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, I'm going to read verse 14, and then we'll come back to verse 13. It says, they, the day that they're talking about, are those who are planted in the house of the Lord. They will still bring forth what class? Fruit in old age. They will be fat and flourishing. Now, I want you to see a couple of things here. Notice in verse 14, it says that they will bring forth fruit in the old age. In other words, he's comparing us to seed because seed is designed to produce fruit. Can you say amen to that? And many people don't see their lives as fruit, and that's why they don't plant themselves on purpose in a church. Can you say amen? Notice it tells us where we are to be planted. He didn't necessarily say you should be planted on your job, even though you should go to your job. He didn't say you should be planted, you know, in your business, even though your business is going to profit from you being there. Can you say amen to that? Notice he said where we ought to be planted is where? In the house of God. Notice it says in the house of the Lord. So we don't even have to be confused anymore. I meet people all the time and they say, I I ask them, you know, in here and outside of here, but I'll ask someone, you know, where they are, where they're a member at at church. And they'll say, well, I'm a member at Mount Zion's church, you know, of Mississippi. But they live here in Texas. I said, well, how long have you been here in Texas? Ten years. I said, well, how are you a member at Mount Zion if you go and live here in Texas? And they can never answer the question. What they have done is they haven't what they call moved their membership. But you don't have to move your membership. You just need to change churches. I mean, your, your pastor in Mississippi will understand. And probably your pastor won't even remember you from 10 years ago because the, the chances of you probably still tithing and giving offering, sending it to Mississippi, is probably not even happening. So the reality of it is most people are not planted. Now watch this. The dictionary defines the word planted as to be set firmly in or on the ground or some other body or surface. In other words, planted means to be set firmly. Say firmly. To be set firmly in the ground or some other body or surface. The word flourish there means to grow. Say grow. It also means to bloom. Say bloom. It means to break out. Say break out. And it means to bud. Say bud. Now can you see some of those things that are similar to Marcus's testimony? Amen. He's broke out of the traditional nine to five, you know, going to work, even though he may work more for his business. At the end of the day, now he's doing something that is for him. And now he can leave an inheritance for his children's children. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Now, I'd like to do this. I like to read certain verses backwards. Because when you read the verse backwards, it gives you a more solid understanding of what that verse actually means. So I'm going to read a revision of Psalm 92.13. First, I'm going to read it with the definition that we've defined it for. And then I'm going to read it backwards. Psalm 92.13, it says, Those that are set firmly and planted in God's house shall flourish, grow, bloom, and break out in the courts of our God. Now, Psalm 100, verse 4, you don't have to go there, but Psalm 100, verse 4, it uses this same word, uh, 
planted. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Notice it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts. The courts were mentioned in Psalm 92.13. Now, here's a take-home statement that I want to give you. Many people enter God's house, but not everybody plant themselves in God's house. I'm going to say that again. Many people enter or they come to the house of God, but not everybody plants themselves in the house of God. Now, you say, well, pastor, how do I know? Well, I'm going to give you some signs in just a second to determine if you're planting or not. But before we do that, let's reverse Psalm 92.13 and let's see what it says. Those that are not set firmly and not planted in God's house will not flourish. They will not grow. They will not bloom. They will not break out in the courts of our God. In other words, my growth and your growth is determined by our planting. Now, just look at your neighbor and say, are you planted? Now, I can tell you this from experience. If you can get somewhere and stay somewhere, you will grow beyond your highest. Listen, let me put it like this. Most people, this is what their spiritual life looks like. In the natural, it's like a farmer putting a seed in the ground and in 10 days, digs it up, go take it over here, put it in the ground, let it stay for maybe a month, dig it up, take it over here, plant it over here in this dirt, lets it stay there for three months, and digs it up. How many know that plant is not going to grow? You know why? Because it's not staying long enough to produce some roots. And if it doesn't stay long enough to produce roots, then if you have no roots, you will have no fruits. And that's why in new membership, most of the time, I will challenge people and say, listen, give me and Word of Truth Family Church, three years of your life, and if your life is not better, go find another church. Now, now you have to, Cheryl helped me with this last week. She told me, she said, Pastor, my life didn't change in three years because I was holding on to my stuff. She said, it wasn't until after I let go of some things, I got healed of some things, that my life began to change. So you have to look at the three years and say, am I obeying what Pastor Evans says? Some of y'all just need to obey. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a cuss word. <laughs> so let's now look and see some signs. Now, all of us want signs. Lord, let it rain on the third day at 10 o'clock so I can, you know, know that I'm going to quit my job. Well, you don't want those kind of signs to quit your job now. <laughs> so here are some signs to determine if you're planted. Number one. When your church attendance is consistent. Now I know that sounds normal. But a lot of people's church attendance is not consistent. In other words, you can attend and not be planted, but it's impossible to be planted and not attend. I'm going to say that again. You can attend and not be planted, but it's impossible to be planted and not attend. In other words, if you say you are planted in a local church, then guess what? They should see your face on a regular basis. Look at your neighbor and say, he's on you already. Now, let me just set a, re set a record straight here. Viewing church or listening to the podcast over the Internet should be a supplement and not a meal. 
In other words, you can't plant, your, plant yourself in a local church by viewing the Internet. The Internet, you can't plant yourself in the Internet. You will get lost in cyberspace. Amen. And I know that, you know, that's what churches are doing these days. But like, if you weren't feeling well and you listen to the podcast, that's fine. But some of us are replacing the internet and the podcast with our church attendance. And that should not be. Listen, because when you, you can't plant yourself, number one, in the internet. And then number two, guess what? You can't serve nobody through the internet. Amen. Here's number two. When you are not moved, this is how you can know if you're planted or not. When you're not moved by how you feel or with the negative feelings of others. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 12. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 quickly. 1 Corinthians 12. This is one that I had to learn. Because, see, when I, when I, before my wife and I joined a church, we prayed and said, God, where do you want us? And God told us where to go. Once we got where we were supposed to go, we didn't expect the place to be perfect because we walked in imperfect. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, because I knew that's what God wanted us, I knew we would prosper in that place. And so we begin to prosper. When I say prosper, I don't just mean your money. Even though, you know, some people have prosper. Well, I'll, you know, here's, I don't know why I talk about money. Well, don't you need some? I mean, would you rather talk about me, you know, about struggling and being broke? How many, how many, no, you can't, you don't want to have faith for that. <laughs> Amen. First Corinthians 12, watch what it says in verse 18. It says, but now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. Not as it pleased them. Notice God has placed some in the body. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, were they, were, where were they the body? Verse 20. But now are they many members, yet but one body. My purpose in showing you that verse is to show you God is the one that sets us in a place. Now, I know we make the decision, but at the end of the day, our decision should be to obey God. You know why? Because the, the first usher or greeter who does not say hi to you, if you don't know that God has planted you here, you'll be like, I ain't going back to that church because of that usher. So you're going to let an usher keep you out of prospering. Come on, we all have bad days, you know. And, you know, and I pray if you're usher and you having one, sit down. Just tell your, your whoever's, you know, hey, can I sit down today? I need to get my attitude straight. Now, see, it don't take long to get your attitude straight because you got to get it straight at work. You go in there mad, you and your husband just argued in the morning on the way to work, you on the phone, you all upset and hot, and you work in customer service. As soon as you get to work, and that call comes in, hi, my help you, this is Levon. <laughs> you was mad as fire over here. <laughs> See how you just change? Well, you, can, you can change here at church. <laughs> I mean, how would it be like, I, I'm in a bad mood, so I'm not going to preach today. Nine o'clock come up here and they'll be like, where's Pastor Evan? He in a bad mood. Well, he better get his mood together. <laughs> Here's number three, quickly. Number three. This is how you know you're planted. When you are actively involved in the house to serve others. When you're actively involved in the house to serve others. In other words, we must remove this consumer mentality that a church, what, they, what it does for us. 
and you know, and I'm, I'm with that. I'm, we do help people. That's what we're here for. But at the end of the day, guess what? God brought you here to help somebody. And we have this consumer mentality of what church for us should be instead of what we should be doing for the church. How many know the church are the people? That's what I'm talking about. And some of us come here every Sunday and we do nothing for nobody. That's three words. Nobody. Well, when are you going to come and help somebody? That's three words. Somebody. Here's number four. When you are actively involved, watch this, in growing on a smaller level and not just on a big level. Now you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read Acts chapter 2 and verse 44. It'll be on the screen. But see, God's designed this thing for us to not just grow in a big environment, but to also grow in a small environment. Listen, you even do that in college. I mean, how many know there are what they call study groups in college? How many went to college? Let me see your hand. How many went to study groups and, and, yeah, and tutoring? That's a small level. And that's the way God wants us to do here in the church because it's hard to grow just on a big room alone. You don't have to know nobody. All you have to do is just be nice and speak to people. Hi. 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 Hi, didn't know nobody. Couldn't tell nobody. Who'd you meet today? Well, I don't know. I said hi to four people, though. Watch Acts chapter 2. This is why we have small groups. It says, and all that believed, they were together and they had all things in common. Verse 45. And they sold their possessions and goods and they parted them to all men as every man had need. Verse 46. And they continuing daily, say daily, daily on one accord in the temple. Watch this now. And breaking bread, read it with me, from house to what? House. And then in verse 7, it says, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to who? He added to the church. How did he add to the church? Well, how did he add daily? Because they had daily fellowships in some way or another. It's called true group. We have true group. People say, well, y'all don't have midweek Bible study? I say, yeah, we do. We just have it like 30 times. We have one on some on Sunday. We have some on Monday. We have some on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. Do we have any on Friday? We give you a break on Friday. <laughs> and that's how you're going to grow. And you, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not growing where I need to be. I'm not where I need to be. I'm sitting here. I go to church. and Listen, but are you in a small group somewhere? You say, well, Pastor, I work at night. Well, then get the curriculum of the small group. And just go through it on your own. And see, here's what I find. Most people don't even use their faith when it comes to working. If I worked on Sunday, I would go with my boss and say, look, you think I'm doing a good job now? If you let me go to church twice a month, and then I'll come to work right after church, I will change your life in this business. (laughs) Some of you all don't even have the faith to go ask. Listen, what, 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 what is going to bother you to go ask? Nothing. You say, well, I don't want to take a no. Well, 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 just get some thicker skin. Because I'd rather hear a no than a not no if they would say yes. So if you work on Sundays and you want off, just go and ask. You say, well, stop, stop listening to the, the flesh and the devil. Well, they're going to say no. Well, so what if they say yes? Just talk back to yourself. 
What if they say no? Well, what if they say yeah? Well, you know, your boss don't like it. So what? I have the favor of God on my life. I mean, you have to be driving. Listen, well, they told your friend no, and she a Christian. Well, so what? The Bible says the windows are happening to open, and God's going to bless me. They might not have faith to not go to church on a Sunday. Look, just because you want something doesn't mean it's just going to automatically happen. Amen. All right. Here's number five. When you maintain a teachable heart, you got to keep a teachable heart. What does that mean? That means that you got to keep your, your heart open to learn something. Let me tell you something about God. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. So if you don't get something out of church on Sunday, did you come in hungry? Because God loved you enough to give you something that can attain to your life when you leave this place. And I, look, I can go right now to a Catholic mass and get something. I remember one time, and I'm closing on this. I remember one time, because uh, I'm not going to get through all my stuff, but I remember this one time uh, in Ohio, I was living with this lady named Miss Johnson. She was like my grandmother, right? And uh, uh, her son went to this, I don't even know what denomination, whatever it was, but every time they come to town, they want me to come to church. And this particular church, nobody was in charge, Okay? They all kind of did something. I really didn't understand the whole thing, but I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go to get in my, my, my back. I'm just going to get in, you know. So we get in there, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, they say, everybody pray. Everybody got down on their knees, turned toward the chair. And I'm like, oh, my God, I guess I got to do that too. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I don't know what they're praying because I don't even know where I'm at. So I said, well, I'm going to be safe at this thing. I'm going to pray in tongues. They didn't know what I was praying, and I didn't know what they was praying. But I knew what I was praying, the will of God. And I said, Lord, it's your will. I am not coming back to this place again. <laughs> you got to keep a teachable heart. Here's number six, quickly. When you obey spiritual authority, the spiritual authority of your pastors, we don't even like the word obey. I mean, we don't even, we've taken those out of our vows. I'm not going to obey him, and I'm sure they're not going to obey her. Well, hey, come on. Somebody got to be submitted to somebody. Watch this now. I'm just going to read this. This is in uh, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 13, verses 17. It says, obey them that have rule over you, and submit, say submit, Submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, that they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you. Look at, listen to this in the NIV. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Amen. Here's number eight quickly. When you pray consistently, this is how you know if you plant it. When you pray consistently for continued growth and health of your local church body and family. That's how you know. Look, just like you want to pray over your kids and pray over your wife and pray over your husband, you should be praying for your church, praying for the growth of souls, praying for the church to be healthy. Can you say amen? And see, one of the main enemies of being planted in the church is when you become negative and critical or, watch this, or you become a trash can for those who are negative and critical. 
You don't want to be a trash can to people who are negative and critical. Can you say amen? And see, here's the thing. It's hard to stay critical. And it's hard to be, uh, you know, negative of something or somebody that you're constantly praying for. Listen, if you notice somebody having a negative attitude every time you come to church, they might need to be, you may need to be their personal intercessor. I mean, you don't have to go up to them and say, you know what, I'm praying for you because your, 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 your attitude stinks and I'm tired of it. And the Lord told me to pray for you. So I'm expecting you to get better. No, 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 no. You just do it on your own. Father, I thank you for Sister Josie and Brother Cleveland. And I pray, God, that you will bless them, whatever burden that is in their life. Remove them, God. Remove it in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for putting the joy in the Lord, which is their strength in them. I thank you, God. You just don't, don't pray at them. Don't pray about them. You know she mean, and you know she always give me this ugly look, and you know she never speaks to me, and you know she just walks right by. No, 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 no. You pray for the growth of your local church. Can you say amen? amen. Watch this now. Here's number nine. When you're giving the first 10% in offering into the house. That's how you know you're planted. Do you know it's easy to leave somewhere you don't have an investment in? Now, see, some of you all are tired of hearing me talk about tithing. And you know what? I'm glad you are tired of hearing me talk about tithing. Because it's obvious you haven't got it yet. I'll stop talking about it when you get it. How does faith come? It don't come by not talking about it. It comes by what? Hearing. And watch this. When you give, the Bible says in the book of Malachi, it says that you give to the house of the Lord, which means that that's a part of me, me being planted. Here's, number, number, here's, the, here's the last one. This is a thought. Everybody say a thought. If you don't supply meat in God's house with your giving, why do you think you have the right to eat? Everybody say, hmm. Okay, I'm going to say it again. I mean, would you walk into a restaurant? Order some food, eat it, suck it. You don't even chew it, you just suck it up. How many would do that and get up and leave and not pay? How many know they're going to arrest you? Well, some of us do that at church. We come in here, we get the word. We don't give nothing to God, but we expect to be full when we leave. Look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to nobody in here. So, I'm, I'm not finished, but I will say this. In Psalm 1, verses 1, being planted in a local church will produce fruit in your life. And Psalm 1, 1 says this. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor seat in the seat of the scornful. How many know that that term scornful woman out there? Do you know that there are some scornful church members? He said, if you're gonna, if, if, he said, don't be seated with the scornful. He said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law does he meditate day and night, verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted. That's the same verse or same word in Psalm 92. You will be planted like a tree by the rivers of water. And you will bring fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither. And watch this. And whatever you do shall prosper. He didn't say a hard time wouldn't come. He just said a hard time wouldn't stay. And you will prosper through it. So, uh, every head bowed. Did y'all get something today? Yeah. Now, now, here's a challenge. There, there are some people in here. Every head bowed. There are some people in here 
who you've been coming, but you're not planted. You, you, I, I, I read some of those, and some of you all are, you know, you, you've been coming here, and you, you can go to a small group, but you don't. The small groups are there to help your life. There are some of you all who've been attending a small group, and that's great, but why not go to the next level and become a small group leader? Oh, there's another level to what you're doing. I had a member come to me last week and said, Pastor, my husband and I, we're ready to do some more. And I said, that's what I'm talking about. When you plant yourself, the Bible says, in the house of the Lord you will flourish. A member told me just this past week that since they've been coming to Word of Truth, they paid off their house. And there are some people, I'm just going to challenge you right now. There are some of you who need to fulfill some of the requirements of being planted. Your church attendance is shaky. Your giving is shaky. Your serving is shaky. You're not involved in no area. You just come to be served. No, no. Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And there's a group of people in this room today who I'm talking right to you. I mean, I'm talking right to you, and you know I'm talking right to you. And God has challenged you, you now to reach that next level of commitment in your spiritual life and in your local church. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Evan, I know I need to make another step, another commitment. I need to fulfill some of the, the, the things that you've said in today's message in my life and in, a, in this church. I'm not involved. I'm not in a small group. I'm, there are a lot of things that I need to improve on. And, and I heard something today that I need to apply to my life. I just want you to raise your hand right there so I can just pray for you. Those of you who know that, Pastor Evan, I, I know I need to go to the next level in my commitment. And I need to grow and I need to plant myself by being involved, by being a, give, a consistent giver. If that's you, raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Real high, real high, real high, real high. I'm not going to count the hands because there are too many of them. But I just want you to raise your hand because I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for those who have raised their hands. And Father, I pray that the faith that they heard in the words that came from your word has ignited in them another level of desire to do more for your kingdom. And I thank you today, God, that as they take that next step, they're not going to wait on somebody to make the step. They're going to take the step. And I pray, God, that their life will begin to shift. Some who have their hands up want a better job, and this is the next step to their better job. Some of them who are raising their hand, Father, they're waiting on an idea to open up a business, God, their next step is their hand being raised right here. And I declare for prosperity to be in their lives like they've never seen before. Bless them now in Jesus' name. You may put your hands down. If you're here today and you, if you died today and you're not 100% sure,